By now, you've no doubt seen the news that the United States has just suffered its second biggest bank failure in history, threatening to take down not only many of its depositors and their employees and the companies that they do business with, but it's having a ripple effect on banks around the world. And today, I'm going to tell you how to protect yourself. Silicon Valley Bank is now one of the largest bank failures in U.S. history. Following Washington Mutual, which crashed at the beginning of the global financial crisis, the FDIC, the U.S. government agency, which insures deposits and takes over failing banks, has indeed taken over Silicon Valley Bank. And you've seen crazy scenes of founders and companies going, trying to get their cash out. You've seen people like Peter Thiel telling uh, his founders, get your cash out of this bank. There has basically been a bank run on Silicon Valley Bank. And they're saying, hey, if you have under $250,000, if your deposits are insured by the FDIC, we're going to open it up uh, next week and you're going to be able to get your cash out. Everybody else, it is too soon to tell. And so this is going to impact a lot of businesses that had all of their cash or certainly much more than that insured limit in Silicon Valley Bank. It's going to impact their making payroll, capital expenditures. I've heard uh, deals, M&A deals, um, all kinds of things that companies are planning on spending their money on. And you so often hear cash is trash. And yet if you're a growing business or if you're a big business that's based in Silicon Valley or that works in that ecosystem or really any kind of business, you're keeping cash on hand not only to meet payroll, uh, you're doing it to build a factory or build a new plant or buy a company. There's lots of things that you may want to have cash around for, whether it's coming up in a week or a month or whether you're looking out for that opportunity. And so my understanding is SVB paid relatively high interest rates by U.S. standards on call accounts. We'll talk in a moment how you can get better interest rates uh, in other banks in different parts of the world. Uh, but you had founders that were optimizing the fact that they just liked this bank. They felt that it spoke to them and what their business was about. They were also parking their cash in Silicon Valley Bank for the higher yield so that that cash they were sitting on would actually make a little bit of return. One person in our network I saw commenting saying, we're opening numerous different bank accounts in the United States right now and moving our funds around because even though we didn't really have any money in Silicon Valley Bank, we do have much more than the insured limit in our other banks. And we want to make sure that we're covered. We're going to optimize for risk, not for yield. And what I find very interesting about this is you have a generation of founders and certainly many people who just forgot that 15 years ago, the entire world economy went down the tubes. Many, many banks in the United States failed, including Washington Mutual, uh, including many other you know, larger regional and local banks. And I think that people have largely forgotten about that and thought, hey, uh, put your money in, in all in one bank. Now, I understand if you're running a very big business, you're probably going to be over the insurable limit. Some banks do have ways to bump that FDIC limit up to you know, a million dollars. You can put your money in money markets and sweep accounts and all kinds of different things. But just in a pure bank account that many businesses use, I think businesses got accustomed to, hey, uh, our money is safe in the bank. Don't worry about it. And here we are, a name brand bank in a very important sector of the economy uh, has just failed and it is being taken over. And I think people miss this at their peril. If you look at countries like Singapore, Austria, Andorra, maybe these countries have had one bank failure. Some of them have had none. The U.S. has had more bank failures than pretty much every other country in the world combined in its history. Thousands of bank failures, in part because they have a lot more small banks. You know, if you go to Singapore, they have the big three. China has the big four. Canada has, I guess that's the big four. 
So does the United States. And I think people have this idea of, oh, as long as I'm not banking with West Texas, you know, Cooperative Farmers Bank, you know, maybe they're a little small. I don't think it's a real bank. If it is, I have no idea how how good or bad it may be. So, uh, you know, people thought, oh, if I'm banking with one of the larger ones, uh, I'm going to be safe. Silicon Valley Bank is not as large as Bank of America, not as large as J.P. Morgan Chase. But it does have an outsized influence, and I think people got sucked into that thinking, hey, we can't lose because we can just trust all of our money in one bank. And so one thing that I've said from day one, uh, having banked all around the world, never give one bank all of your money. Who knows what could happen? They could decide they just don't want your kind of business anymore. And so we've seen with some of the banks that focus on the crypto and the Bitcoin space recently, uh, you know, they're going out. And they're having problems. And so what's that going to mean for the crypto industry, for example? Right? Uh, there may be certain banks that just want to de-risk and say, we don't want your business. We saw a big push of that with HSBC years ago, especially with folks that had businesses in places like Hong Kong. Hey, we don't want your non-resident company. Uh, and so where are you going to go? Uh, that even happened to us briefly, where they said, hey, you know, come and get your money, but we don't want you to make any more payments. We're not going to accept any more money. Good thing we had other bank accounts or else we wouldn't have been able to pay our staff many years ago. And so that can happen. So even if you don't believe in my premise that diversifying beyond borders is important, at least diversify among banks. I can't comment on your particular bank, but I will say I'm not putting all my money in any one bank and I'm certainly not doing that for my business. And so that's the first thing. What I want to cover with you is how this affects you and how you can protect yourself first in terms of banks around the world, because this isn't just limited to one bank. Uh, what this means for folks at Silicon Valley Bank and how you can avoid the same fate uh, befalling you. And then what this means for the larger economy and some of the commentary that I'm hearing from folks that make me think that, once again, doing business in different Western countries is not all it's cracked up to me. So you've seen bank stocks in the United States, uh, to a lesser extent in Europe, uh, and to a lesser extent than that in Asia, all tumble uh, there's been a number of different factors, including what the Fed was talking about, but no doubt this has to have some some role because you're looking at some of the things that happened at SVB with bonds and, and what other banks may that apply to. So banks are taking the hit as a result of this. If you look at the bank stocks in Asia, for example, they generally did better uh, than banks in the United States. So there was more insulation there. I continue to believe uh, that if you are investing in banks, for example, you can earn higher yields often a lower tax rate or no tax rate at all. Uh, if you invest in uh, you know, banks in, in Asia, for example, I'm not here to give you investment advice. I'm just telling you uh, the facts, which is uh, you know, in these kinds of situations, perhaps you want some insulation. Uh, in the case of people who are banking uh, with Silicon Valley Bank or people who are watching this and say, well, what should we do? Again, the U.S., more bank failures uh, than any country uh, in history. If you look at the top 50 banks, we've been studying this list that's put out every year on the safest banks in the world, the safest 50 banks in the world. Some years the U.S. has none. Some years they have one. Last year they actually had two. Uh, they are both uh, farmer cooperative banks that generally aren't really retail banks that most people would use. If you're in that space, much different space than Silicon Valley Bank, but if you're in the space that these banks would serve, hey, they are at the very bottom of uh, the top 50, they still made it. But if you look at uh, some of the largest banks uh, you know, in the United States, they just don't compare with the largest banks in Singapore, the largest banks in many European countries, even the largest banks in Canada or even Australia. And so if you think, hey, this is the best place in the world to bank, statistically speaking, in terms of all the 
uh, the qualitative and, and metrics, they just aren't. Uh, and so if you're looking to diversify banks within your own country, there may be a reason to say, well, what if we diversified our business worldwide? Number one, because we're doing business internationally, especially if we're a tech company. You're probably already hiring people in other countries in a remote-first kind of company. Um, you have a distributed workforce. Maybe your U.S. workforce wants to live overseas. Why not look at, from tax and from operational benefits, how do I set up a global corporate structure uh, that reflects where I'm doing business, where I'm selling, where my employees work, and skating to where the puck is going to go. What's my next market? If I'm, especially if I'm in the tech space and I'm only selling to North America, I'm probably missing out on a lot of opportunities. And so how am I going to get ahead of the curve? Uh, just operationally, let alone the fact that if I am willing to move as the founder of a company to a lower tax country, I can save a lot of taxes, yes, even as an American. And so looking at your corporate structure and looking beyond the Delaware C Corp or looking beyond the LLC or looking beyond the S Corp and saying, well, how can we restructure this, again, for operational advantages, for business advantages, and potentially for significant tax savings if you as the founder, you as the management are willing to move overseas. Once you do that and once you incorporate non-U.S. structures into your uh, business, then you have an opportunity to go and open business bank accounts in those jurisdictions. Now, it has no doubt getting, gotten uh, harder. Uh, if you look at Singapore, used to accept uh, a lot of offshore companies like BVI uh, at the big three banks. That's long been off the table. Was just talking to my banker there a couple weeks ago. Uh, they will even accept, you know, Hong Kong companies kind of sparingly. We've opened there. So, you know, we've dealt with a nomad capitalist with 11 or 12 of the, of the banks on this top 50 list. We deal with banks all around the world and we help entrepreneurs, we help investors, and we help individuals who are tired of paying high taxes, who want diversification, who want a backup plan, not only move their businesses and their banking offshore, but move themselves overseas, um, get second passports. And this stuff is not just as easy as setting up a company in another jurisdiction, especially if you're in the United States and you're watching this happening. You need a holistic plan that helps you figure out how is the company structured, given that you're American? Where are the bank accounts? If you set up a company in Hong Kong, you may not get a bank account in Hong Kong. The average entrepreneur we work with will save millions of dollars over the course of the coming years. Uh, so you can learn more at nomadcapitalist.com. But if you set up different companies in your structure, let's say you want to put your headquarters in the UAE, one of the free zones. You can take advantage of 0% tax. Again, if you're an American, you may have some tax obligations, but you can dramatically uh, decrease those. Uh, if you are willing to move. Even if you're not willing to move, you could potentially just set up a headquarters there, have the same tax treatment, but have access to, for example, UAE banks. Banks that, while they don't uh, have the same kind of deposit insurance as the U.S., at times, and in the past, the government has said, will guarantee every single dollar. Uh, and so you generally see more strength there. Even in Asia, you see banks where they don't really want more money because they don't have anything conservative enough to do with it, and so they just turn away depositors, places like Hong Kong. It's just much uh, more conservative in many cases than you would find in the United States. And so if you can set up a headquarters or set up a, an affiliate company or set up some kind of uh, you know, company in your uh, org chart that is overseas, you will have access to banking. And so, again, these are the things that, that you'll work on when you're setting up your global structure. Uh, you're going to have access to higher quality banks. 
if you set up companies overseas, you may have access to Swiss banks. You may have access to banks that don't make loans at all. They just basically take some fees and they park it all right there and they park it all in affiliate banks and they have proper insurance. And so there is, in my opinion, more safety. I'm not saying every bank in the United States is terrible. I'm not saying you should totally abandon the United States. But what I am saying is diversification, many people are waking up to, to find out, is a good thing. And if you're going to diversify within the country, consider what happens if there's a larger impact. People are already saying, oh, uh, what if more people lose their jobs uh, from these companies that are, in some cases, doing some very innovative things? What if they can't pay their employees? What's going to happen? What is going to be the ripple effect of that? And keep in mind, by the way, you have the second largest bank failure in U.S. history in a time of record unemployment. When the stock market is frustrated that you know interest rates are going to keep going up because they just can't stop people from getting jobs, you have decades low unemployment. Everything's supposedly supposed to be so fantastic, right? And yet you have this huge bank failure. Imagine what happens when things aren't so rosy. Imagine what happens then. And so you're seeing that the need for for much, much, much more diversification. What if you're seeing some of a ripple effect in one country? Wouldn't you want to diversify across countries? And so for a business, right, most banks around the world are not going to take your U.S. LLC or your Delaware C Corp and open a foreign account for you. There are some, but the, with the U.S., it's really very difficult. However... Uh, you know, you can go and again set up these corporate structures. If you're an individual and you say, hey, I have a business, but I take the money out of the business, I take dividends, I have personal wealth, well, that's going to be easier. You just go and open an account, whether it's in Singapore, whether it's in Switzerland, whether it's in any number of uh, places, both very storied uh, countries like Switzerland, Liechtenstein, Andorra, uh, the UK, or up and coming places like the Georges and things like that that we talk about. Uh, but you want to optimize your banking portfolio. I would argue perhaps if you're an investor in things like dividend stocks in the banking sector and other sectors, at least take a look and see what other options are. Hey, I invest in bank stocks. Okay, what are the comparable options in Europe, in Asia, in other markets that I have some diversification? Because again, you know, if you had Singaporean bank stocks, those took a little bit less of a drubbing uh, than uh, did those in the U.S. So... Very simple. Diversify outside of your borders and uh, you will have uh, more protection. And again, I think a lot of people probably already have a reason to do that because you have employees, customers, etc. overseas and you can put that into your mix. That's the kind of thing Nomad Capitalists will help you figure out uh, is, hey, what's the reason why you might want to develop this you know, international business structure? Now, again, this is the news when things are good. Uh, you're seeing guys like Bill Ackman, by the way, billionaire hedge fund manager, saying, hey, maybe the government should step in and uh, help out this bank. Are we going to get into another situation where banks get a bunch of money, taxpayers fund that? You already see Joe Biden looking to dramatically increase taxes, uh, fourfold increase in taxes on stock buybacks. Even Warren Buffett called him out on that. He wants to change the way income is defined in terms of taxing people more, wants to take the cap off the Social Security tax. I mean, he's got a lot of new things he wants to tax. Wouldn't it be just another good reason to say, hey, we're bailing out the banks. You rich fat cats got to pay your fair share. And it's not going to be the bank CEOs who are the rich fat cats. It's going to be you who makes $400,000 or more. He's already told you that's his number for who the rich jerks are. And so if we get back into the business of government, just watched the uh, the documentary earlier today about uh, how they put all the bank CEOs in the room during the GFC and said, sign this, you're taking our money, we're taking over your bank, we're effectively nationalizing your bank. 
What happens if we start to go even some fraction uh, down that road again? What's that? What's that going to do? What's that going to do to sentiment? Remember, remember how much people were against capitalism back then, right? And again, if this leads to you know some layoffs, if this starts something. Who knows what the sentiment's going to be, but it's not going to be in favor of you keeping your money. At the same time, Wells Fargo has a technical issue causing customers to report missing deposits. Listen, no doubt online banking. I have numerous banks every once in a while. Hey, we're down from 3 to 7 in the morning, that kind of thing. Uh, Wells Fargo, though, says a technical issue. People were missing their deposits. You know, online banking in other countries, even including Georgia, for example, it's not quite as good as it used to be, but still better than a lot of U.S. banks. Uh, Singapore is world class. Um, I mean, you can get a lot better experience in another country. Uh, and I realized that years ago when I started banking overseas. I mean, just money movements are faster. They're often free. Uh, I mean, the quality of, let's say, a, a priority bank where you're putting in six, you know, high six figures in another country, you're going to get so many different services. You're going to get so many different currencies. You're going to get better personal service. You're going to get faster transfers, cheaper transfers. You're just getting a better deal. And so at a time when uh, you know, you're not even seeing your deposits in U.S. banks at a time when your bank is failing. Diversification is the answer. Hey, you know what? It may be the stopgap, and I'm not giving you any financial advice, but the stopgap may be, all right, you get in the street and you open up two more banks where you live. But in the mid to long term, what's your strategy to be international? Because we have one bank failure, and already people are calling, get the government involved. Take more of our money. Have them ask for it back in taxes. Have them use it as an excuse to assail capitalism. Capitalism doesn't work unless we step in and get our grubby paws all over it. And so for me, the big thing is how everyone just forgot that bad things can happen with your money. And worse things generally happen with your money when you put it all in one basket and you just think, well, the government and the banks and the regulations will surely protect me. That's not how it works. Uh, nomad capitalists has been saying for a decade you want to be diversified internationally. And if you had that, you might have avoided this, but you certainly would avoid the bigger brunt from it happening and any ripple effect that comes with it.